Welcome to the family with Ellie Nick and Andy Brappernard. We'll come back. We'll schmooze. Got a couple of great guests next hour. Got no Catherine, though. No Catherine. No Catherine. What the hell is that? I know. I think the show is always better when Catherine's I agree. She's wonderful. Don't tell her I said that. (laughs) We will be right back. Kick off hour two with the family. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. One ton of metal. No, that's not it. Bob Dylan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Bob Dylan. 79 years old yesterday. Really? He turned 79 yesterday. Exactly. All right. In any case, ladies and gentlemen, a woman in the San Francisco Bay Area has been arrested on suspicion of post- posting handwritten messages at several homes, targeting Asian Americans and suggesting that those not native to the United States should leave the country immediately. Police in San Leandro, a suburb of 89,000 just south of Oakland, said officers were called to the Heron Bay uh, neighborhood Friday uh, evening after reports of notes containing insensitive messages toward minorities taped to five homes. If you are a woman or a man who was born in in other country, not in an, an other country, born in other country, return, go back to your land immediately, fast with urgency. Yeah, this was said. definitely written by someone who wasn't born but here. But that's not illegal. Well, I don't know if it is or not. I don't no, think it is. it's not illegal. One American. Unless you put it in the post, unless you put it in the mailbox. Yeah, if you put it in the mailbox, you can't do that. You can't do yeah, that. Yeah, you can't do that. That's true. <laughs> it ended with one American, white, brave, that serves the nation or USA is going to live here. Yeah, this is obviously written by someone from somewhere else trying to make America look You bad. are yeah. absolutely right. Her name yeah. is Nancy Arachiga. Right. She's from she's uh, from South America. It happens a lot. Uh, well, look at what, that. The Spanish people don't like Asians. No, no. The people from other countries act try to pretend they're American. Oh yeah, American. yeah they oh, do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep. You're absolutely right. Uh, one resident gave the officer his images captured on his doorbell security camera of a woman taping the note, and the officer soon found her in the area. Police said in a statement, Nancy Archiga. 
Arachiga, 52, was carrying a backpack containing copies of the same notes. The statement said she was arrested for those inappropriate messages that instilled fear and intimidation upon those residents. Arachiga was taken to Alameda County Jail and booked for investigation of committing a hate crime. What crime? Apparently, white people should live here. It's not a crime. Sorry. It's going to get dismissed. There's no crime in taping a note on somebody's property. Now, now if they they trespass you from your property and you come back, that might be a crime. But walking up and taping a note, no matter what it says, unless it says I'm going to kill you, that's not a crime. But you can't put down, like, the big N and put it on somebody's door. No, but you can say, which her note, uh, you just read it. There's nothing illegal there. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. It's freedom of speech. How about Donald Trump has threatened to shut down Twitter? Uh, Mr. President, you can't do that. Donald's just crazy. He has lost his mind, hasn't he? He's he's just a regular dude who just doesn't have a clue about a lot of things. (laughs) That's pretty much true. He's just a regular guy who can't figure it out. He's a regular dude who became president. (laughs) (laughs) Like That's what he is. He's some dude who became president. That's basically true. Yeah, he's just some dude. It'd be like it'd be like any of us three got put as president tomorrow. Oh, can you imagine me as president? <laughs> oh, that would be hideous. That'd be horrible. But me as president. We wouldn't have a clue what we were doing. <clears throat> no. And he just was some dude who got put in to be president. Do any of them have a clue what they're doing, though? I think some of them are career politicians and have a clue. Well, I suppose they're career politicians. Yeah. I just don't. I don't really understand anything that anyone's ever done. Is I think there's so much that we don't know that it'd be you, your mind oh, couldn't God, even conceive yeah. it. I think you're 100 percent right about yeah. that. I mean, the whole thing—it's all money. It's the a big secret society money. of knowledge that we have no clue about yep. of where all the money's coming from and going because nothing makes sense. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, I have a question for you. <clears throat> you heard about this Jimmy Fallon thing, didn't you? I did not. Uh, 20 years ago, Jimmy Fallon was on SNL, and Chris Rock wrote a bit, and he wanted Jimmy Fallon to play him in the bit. So they dressed Jimmy Fallon up in blackface, and now people are going after him, even though it was Chris Rock's idea. Well, I know he did blackface. But it was Chris Rock's idea. So if you get the nod from one of the greatest comedians of all time to to wear blackface, then you just go, hey... Apparently, it's going to contribute to the bit. I saw Chris Rock pulling up to a restaurant one time, and he he parked where he wasn't supposed to park, and the cops came, and they were towing his car, and I went in and got him. I said, dude, they're towing your car. Oh, really? He, yeah, he ran out and got it, saved it. They didn't tow it. Oh, they didn't tow it? No, no, they were towing it, though. They were going to load it up. My God. I was at the comedy store. You know, look, you shouldn't run around in blackface. I understand that stuff. But to talk about this sketch 20 years ago that was written basically, well, yeah, not dumb. basically, it was it's written by Chris Rock. <laughs> Uh, somebody did it 40 years ago. Well, I mean, people 40 find years anything. Ago? They find anything to, yeah. to, to make, a, make a story out of. I'm far too lazy to wear blackface, man. That's got to take a lot, a lot of work. work a lot it? of work to get it off, too. I would think it'd be a hell of a lot of work to put on blackface. I don't know why you'd, why you'd even want to do it. I think Biden did blackface, too. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Andy, would you look that up and see if Biden ever did blackface? No, I'm pretty sure he did. Because can you imagine that lame brain and blackface? I feel like that would be everywhere if he had. Oh, no, I would think I'm pretty so. sure there's a picture of him in, I think, a play or something. Well, he's in a play? Yeah. But then that's not his fault if he's in a play. No, he was told to wear a blackface. A lot of people have done blackface. I mean, it's, oh, it's I endless. Oh, I know. No, you're absolutely right. I don't see anything. No? 
You're absolutely right. But, um, yeah, if it was for a play, then I could understand. It wasn't yeah, his decision it was, to do no, it. No, I think it was a high school play or something. Hmm. Yeah, they did like to do that back in the day, didn't they? Well, like, he's almost 80. Or well, they do the same thing they did with Native Americans. They never used a Native American in a movie. They used a lot Jay of, Silverheels. They, they used a lot of Italians. With, oh, with, you got as that Native right. Americans. There are a lot of Italians. Yeah, a lot as of Italians Americans. as Native Americans, they, but true. they wouldn't hire a Native American. And in the early, early days of silent movies and stuff, they would put white people in blackface. They did. Yes, of course they did. Well, I suppose, in yeah, every I suppose. play, I suppose every, you're every right. play. Even, in, in fact, they wouldn't even let women in plays. Most women were men hey, dressed as women. Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah, there was no women in that. <clears throat> that went all the way back to then. That's very, very true. Yeah. What about Jay Silverheels in the fifties? <laughs> well, that's fifties. Native American. Yeah, but that's fifties. I love Jay Silverheels. Yeah, Tonto. Times, times were changing in the fifties. Played Tonto and the Lone Ranger. Loved that show when I was a little kid. Who wouldn't like the Lone Ranger? He never got anything else, though, did he? Okay, another question I have. No, I don't think so. I don't no. think he ever worked again. Uh, maybe he did. I don't know. But I do love the fact that you brought that up because the guy who starts crying when he's paddling the canoe across is an Italian guy. He's Italian, yeah. <laughs> Most Native Americans in any commercial or film were Italians. Were Italians, yeah. yeah. I Whatever. You'd make a good skin, uh, skin tone. You you'd know. make a, a good Native American. Yeah. I'm looking at you right a- now. Absolutely. You got the long hair. You got the cooking nose. You got the nose. Yeah. Well, yeah. now that's got to be tribe by tribe. Some, you know, just like everybody oh, yeah, else. Of course, of course. Like every other region in the world. Yeah, that, they're all different. Yeah, yeah. indeed. I don't know. Uh, what, what can one say? I wonder why they wouldn't hire real Native Americans in the Western movies. But I don't they know. wouldn't. They wouldn't. Maybe they wouldn't do it. Maybe the Native Americans, oh, a lot of them don't want their picture taken. They don't stuff. want their picture yeah, taken. So that's true. Yeah, back in those yeah. days, that's very, so very that, true. So that might have been why. I was told, by the way, that real, remember the uh, F Troop TV show? Yeah, yeah. And the troop was called the Hakawis? Yeah. Where the Hakawi, right? Do you know the original one they were going to use? And they, the, the production company said, no, no, no. Yes, I do. He, they wanted to use Fagawi <laughs> instead of Hakawi. They wanted to go with Fagawi. Which sounded, you know, it sounded like a tribal name, right? But well, as soon as the guy went, hey, where the fuck are we? <laughs> he went, nope, nope, we won't be using that. We won't be using that particular name. You can forget about it. Uh, this uh, situation in Minneapolis is the lead story in America right now. Oh, it, it, it's huge. And, uh, you know, I would tend to agree. I, I don't know why Officer Chauvin... I guess it's not Chauvin, it's Chauvin. Why he did what he did, I don't get it. Not much stuff disturbs me, but watching that disturbed me, man. Yep. It shook me to my core. That dude killed him. He did. And why? He murdered him. For what reason? I think it's... It's all those people standing there watching him do it. The only only thing I can come up with is he's mentally unstable, man, because the dude killed him. Why do you think the other cops let him do it? I think they're all on the same level of that... Mental unstable. That brain malfunction because they've been, you know. I think they've been through. Yeah, maybe. It's the only explanation I can come up with. I can't figure it out. I can't understand a human being doing that to another human being. I can't either. And everyone's telling him, you're killing him. And and then he kind of put more pressure on it, looked like. Oh, did he? It looked like to me he did. I can't watch it yet. I'll watch it in two days. Even when the guy comes and checks his pulse, he don't get off him. His knee goes in his neck harder, man. Even when the paramedic gets there, he won't get off him. He never gets off him there. I see in the video. Eight minutes. Yeah. He was kneeling on his throat for eight minutes. And it was right on the side of his throat. Yeah. So that's right right at your artery there, carotid artery. Yeah. You can't. And that guy's a big dude. 
you ain't surviving that. Doesn't look like it. Well, as, soon as, guy, as soon as the guy stopped talking, why wouldn't you stop and doing that? And he's handcuffed. That? And he's handcuffed, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make any sense unless nope. you're mentally unstable. We will take a break. Be right back. Mike Brody's up next, isn't he? Yes, he is. Mike Brody will join us right after this with the family. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? <laughs> Real nice. Chuck Nabla. <laughs> Chuck Nabla. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020 and let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Ladies and gentlemen, you can check out MikeBrody.com or you can go to YouTube.com slash C slash Mike Brody comic. Or you could listen to the Tom Bernard podcast with the family and talk to Mike Brody himself. What's happening, man? Hey, not much. How you doing? Pretty, doing pretty, pretty well. Had a nice conversation with Derek uh, from Acme this morning. They got the oh, uh, the Acme Comedy Company studio. They're going to open up and start shooting some some videos and going to do some performances on there. You can just tune into. So there's got to be some work for you there, I would imagine. Well, there's a lot of people doing uh, creative things. Um, the Corner Bar, the, the Comedy Corner Underground, is starting, um, I believe, at the end of this month. And then um, I'm doing one the second week of June where they're going to do comedy on a roof. Ooh, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So, like, you know where Seven Corners is in Minneapolis? There's the Corner Bar, and there's a parking lot back there. They have, like, a kind of a low roof. And what it is is cars drive in. It's like a drive-in comedy club. You, you stay in your car, and you honk for laughter. Oh. Wow. That, oh cool. God! I don't know if I could do that. I think I'd go deaf. And people can actually uh, purchase beer and, and uh, not the driver, but the people drink the beer in the car while uh, sitting there. And uh, yeah, and then uh, apparently they're going to put um, <laughs> they're going to put a mattress on the ground in case one of the comics falls off. So yeah, there's some different issues what? involved. But I don't see that. Yeah, a mattress. I don't know. Might need two mattresses. 
Yeah, maybe, but uh, there's definitely some, and, and, you know, there's um, the skyline in Wisconsin, you know, because they have different rules and, and laws in Wisconsin. They're um, opening up their club, and they're doing it at 35% capacity, giving temperature checks at the door. Um, there's all kinds of different stuff. I mean, I don't know what's going to be the norm. I think right now it's a feeling out process for everybody. There's, of course, the Zoom shows that people have been doing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. It is really interesting. I, I just, Mike, I do have to ask you this because as it goes on, this whole pandemic thing and all the rest of it, and the political climate in the United States, which is psychotic, everybody hates everyone else. Does anyone think anything's funny anymore? I mean, my God, it's pretty. You have to be pretty sensitive. Jesus. Well, I mean, as far as you know, there's been Zoom shows, but it's hard to get a read for the audience because they laugh. Sometimes it's muffled, or you know, when we start doing shows again, it'll be easier to know. But like, I, all I keep hearing from people is that we need humor more than ever. So I have yeah. to assume yes. And you know, I think a lot of the there's a the, the most loud people when it comes to like you know COVID nineteen or this or that. There's a loud minority of people. That are I, I think that most people when you get them together are humane. I mean that's that's my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you something, Mike. And I, yep. LA has heard this. Andy's already heard it, but uh, I don't even remember where the hell I was now. But I was talking to some, I, I must have been at at the at the supermarket. And I was talking to this guy, and he was talking about how he loves the show. And I was going to thank you very much. And this woman walks up and says. Are you Tom Bernard? And I said, yeah. She goes, could I ask you something? I said, yeah, sure. What would you like to ask me? She goes, did you say to your wife the other night, do you, do you call her your everything? Because didn't you say that in your, that you said your wife is everything to you? And I said, yeah, I did say that. And she goes, okay, I just want to make sure that, you know, you understand. For you to say that, it's fine. But she can't say that to you because she'd sound subservient. It's like, What? <laughs> People are nuts, man. People have lost no, their No, people mind. are crazy. You can't say anything without somebody having something to say against yeah, it. So, somebody's upset. I said to my lovely wife, honey, to me, you're everything. You can but say you can't it's a say beautiful day, and, and yeah. somebody has something to <laughs> it's say. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, well, we're not for blind people. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's insane. Well, that, was, that seemed weird that she had that all queued up and ready to go. I know. That's, like, like, that's how crazy people oh, are. She's been, she was ruminating on it for the entire day, I could tell. Oh, yeah, she, she, I, I, I don't know, I was lucky enough to run into her, I guess, but, so I can say it to her because I'm the man, but she can't say it to me because she'd sound subservient well, as think, a woman. People think deep, man. Yeah, it's pretty deep, right? That's really deep right there, isn't it? Uh, I, I don't know. But, but everybody is offended by everything now. I don't understand it. It's like, Jesus. I think the comics that, that are going to pull through are the ones that do stuff like about their personal families. Yeah. And the the yeah. acts that aren't they're, that are clean, non-political, non-racist, and they talk about their families, like our friend. Uh, 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 having a mind blank. Top paid comic this year. Mike Jim Gaffigan? No. <laughs> Not Gaffigan. <laughs> Italian buddy. My Italian um, buddy. Yeah. You know the the thing Sebastian I'm wondering Michael. about is yeah. when it yeah. starts Sebastian. when it. Yeah. When it starts off, you know, people are going to start talking about COVID-19 on stage, and that's going to be, you know, a lot of the humor. But at one point, do people want an escape from that? Because you're, we're literally in it 24-7. You can't. Right. You, I have, in the two-plus, two you know, two-months-plus weeks, whatever, 
not been a single moment when I haven't thought about COVID-19. There's, you know, uh, it's really pervasive. So, yeah, there's going to be jokes about it people like, but at some point people are just kind of want to get away. It's funny. It's regional, too. Like, if you come up where I live, it doesn't exist. Like, no one talks about it. No, I know. Oh, yeah, it doesn't exist. Like somebody you, was telling me the same you thing. You go to the anywhere, South. and there's nothing doesn't doesn't exist. And I just drove right. across country, and I was in Pennsylvania. It was like it's like you're in total lockdown. Like you couldn't go into any store without gloves and mask. And but then you can go to Ohio, going anywhere. Like you walk in an Arby's and order food. But yeah, it's different yeah. anywhere. It depends where you are in the country of how severe you're seeing it. Where I personally live, you don't see it at all. No, I understand that. Yeah. I understand the same thing down south, the southern part of, the, of uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul, too. The deep southern suburbs, they, you don't even know it's exi- it exists. Right, and the same with north of the cities. Yeah. You go north of the cities, there's just no, there's no requirements. Yeah, I, I, did, um, I did a pickup for Target where you know, I had to get some stuff, and it was in two different Targets at two different suburbs. And one, there was one person not wearing a mask, and the other one, there was one person wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah it's really and, regional. Yeah. There was one person in the store, and they're wearing a mask? <laughs> no, he's saying there was one Target had one person wearing a mask. Another Target had everyone wearing a mask except for one person. Right. So it was opposites. Oh. Opposites. Right. I thought there was a guy in the store by himself wearing a mask. Like, well, I see people driving in cars by themselves wearing I a mask. I do, too. I see people driving cars with a mask all the time. It's like, what are you doing? You're in a car you know what? Alone. I, want to, I want to defend those people because oh, two things. Number go. one. No, no, number one, I just, I, I, one time I forgot. I was just in a, in a state, you know, you know yeah, and I had my mask yeah. on, and I was driving. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot to take this off. Took it off. And the other time, I was going from one place to another, and I, like, I just didn't want to do it. I, I'm, I have a big head, you know, and so <laughs> my mask is really hard to get on and off. Yeah, and it, like, yep. it bends my ears, so I was like, I'm not touching this thing. I'm just going to leave it. I'm going to drive three minutes. So, yeah, I went, I went to somewhere, not in where in the area I live, but in Minneapolis that had required, said require, mask required. And I didn't have a mask, and they weren't selling masks. And the guy said, oh, I had t- uh, a long sleeve shirt on and a T-shirt. He goes, you can just use your T-shirt, dude. And I, that's what I did. And I just held it against my face. Yeah. But it's, to me, I gonna, what's that going to do? A firefighter <laughs> gave me a mask. It's in my car. <laughs> I've worn a mask once, and that was two months ago when we flew back home from uh, Florida. And I, uh, I only did it because my wife and my daughter asked me to do it. Yeah. Airplane probably has, with, with nobody on it, was there a lot of people on the plane? Eleven. Yeah, that, so it's probably the cleanest air you're going to breathe. <laughs> but you know what? There were 11 people on board, and this was an A320. It was a big plane. Yeah. They put us all together. Really? Yeah. Why would they do that? I don't have any idea, wow. but they put us all in first class. Mm. Oh, that's why. Yeah, but I don't want them sitting next to me. Yeah, but but it's probably right. the cleanest area you're going to breathe. <laughs> Only Tom gets first class. Yes, that's it. My, they, they, oh, me, more me now. That filtration system's heavy duty in airplanes. I also was told uh, by a friend, uh, my friend Tony said that for the balance of the airplane, it's better f- f- to yep. fly yep, with the people loaded up front like that. Yeah. I, did uh, not I was at Target, and I saw somebody with gloves on using their phone. <laughs> no, what, what crashed me up is I went somewhere the other day, and they had put a piece of plastic, like, like vinyl, clear vinyl, yeah. over the keypad. Well, it's what's the difference? You're touching that You're or the keypad. You're still touching that or the keypad. There's <laughs> and, no and, difference. And, no, and, and the, the, the teller was closed off from the keypad, so nobody's cleaning it either way. So they're not like they're wiping off the vinyl. So you're still touching the same yeah, thing. It's just unbelievable. Well, here's the thing I don't know because nobody really knows. They, my wife and I get groceries, and we try to get one for like two weeks. And they say, oh, cardboard, you know, after like 
stuff can live on there for like four hours to nine hours, and plastic it's three days. And so we have to sit here and either wipe everything down or figure out how long to quarantine our food. And it's super confusing, and I'm hungry, and I'd like to gain weight, and it's really putting a damper on that. <laughs> I'd like to gain weight if I possibly well, I'll tell you, could. Like I said, I just drove across country. I didn't really take any precautions at all. I didn't wear a mask. I didn't even use hand sanitizer. No. I did notice all the tolls were open in Ohio and in the Chicago area of Illinois. The rest of Illinois, they had the tolls open where you just went through and they bill you by mail. Oh. They take a picture of your license plate. Really? Uh, it was always in a Walls or rent a car, so good luck with that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but Chicago, they made you stop, and they had old people in every toll taking your 11 bucks. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Old people? Senior citizens, that's what's... Not supposed to be doing that. That's who exposing was in them to coronavirus. Senior citizens, who t- is the most old person. Right, then they wear gloves, and they hand it to you, and it gets in your hand. You know what? They were not even wearing gloves or masks. I was shocked. Really? I was oh, wow. shocked. I'm trying to die. In Ohio, a lot, some of them were, but not in Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, MikeBrody.com, YouTube.com, slash C, slash Mike Brody comic. Mike, we're looking forward to it. You can watch Mike's Not Afraid of Butterflies dry bar comedy special as well. And, of course, his comedy album, Sell Me a Bridge. Always a pleasure, sir. When are you coming on the morning show? When, when, when do you have me? As soon as, <laughs> as soon as possible. All right, yeah, I'd love to. All right, uh, I will ask, uh, well, you know, you know Candace, right? From, yeah. You know, well, I'll ask Candace to reach out to you, okay? Okay, perfect. Thanks, Pally. All right, thanks, man. Stay safe. Uh, See you, too. you guys. Bye. Bye-bye. We'll, we shall take a break. Be right back. Our special guest, Wesley King. The book is called The Wizenard Series, a two-book series created by Kobe Bryant. Mm. We'll find out what that's all about next with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is the equal opportunity employer. Any little folk music, or I guess so. I don't know what he's up to. <laughs> Rolling Stones. Is this Wild Horses? Yes, it is. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. Is Wesley ready to go? Not yet. All right, just let me know when he's ready to go. We'll take care of it because it should be pretty interesting. Wesley King, uh, the book series, The Wizenard, W I Z E N A R D, The Wizenard series, two book series created by Kobe Bryant. Not bad. Wesley King will be on with us. Uh, it says the game will never be the same. I'm sure that is true. That's I'm sure true. you're absolutely right. You're good to go, Andrew? Yep. Wesley King, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing extremely well. Thank you very much. 
I don't know anything about the Wizenard series, the two-book series created by Kobe Bryant. What, what, what is this all about, Wesley? I asked myself that many times. <laughs> it, was a, it was a surreal experience from day one. <laughs> um, you know, this took, this uh, began in 2016 uh, with, uh, you know, again, one of the most random emails in history, which was that, uh, hey, Kobe Bryant's a fan of your books and wants to write one with you, which, you know, in 2016 made no sense whatsoever. Um and it led to this, uh, to me flying down to L.A., we, we hit it off, became friends almost instantly, and, and wrote this, uh, this magical basketball story, which sort of, uh, you know, channeled a bit of that mama mentality, channeled a bit of his approach to life and in basketball, and, and really made it uh, magical and kid-friendly, and uh, we were very proud of the first two books that came along there. It is pretty amazing. The descriptor from the mind of basketball legend and Academy Award winning storyteller Kobe Bryant comes this radically original portrait of five young basketball players, one enlightened coach, and the awesome transformative power of the game. What, what, what do the words enlightening coach mean? Because I don't think I ever, is there such a thing, an enlightening coach? <laughs> well, you know, this is, uh, Kobe was a, you know, a, People of you know Phil Jackson and some of these great um, yeah that's true these great NBA coaches yeah they really practiced you know mindfulness and they were these, these really psychological type coaches and then uh, you know Kobe was becoming uh, not only a mentor figure for so many players but you know a truly dedicated and successful coach for his daughter's team so I think he always thought of coaches as, as being uh, I guess opening doorways for their players so. That's why this is really focused around this, this magical coach who comes in and challenges the players to, to become more, uh, you know, as players and also as people. I think that's terrific. How, so how did you get involved in it, Wesley? <laughs> yeah, so uh, as it turned out, Kobe had read one of my books, um, my very first book, and read it in a day and sort of connected with the style. So through his, his you know, uh, agent got in touch with uh, my agent, et cetera, et cetera, and just he was a whirlwind. I, I hopped on the phone with him that day. Um, we were down to L.A. and a couple of days later, and we just dove right into this. And, you know, I was surprised right away by how much of a nerd he was. You know, he had signed Harry Potter books, signed Game of Thrones books. They were behind, like, glass cases. Really? He had a poster of J.K. Rowling on the wall. I was like, this is not the, the guy I thought you were whatsoever. But he loved storytelling. So we hit it off right from there. And, uh, and as I said, wrote wrote these two and I had plans to, to write so many more before tragedy struck. Kobe Bryant was a very smart guy, wasn't he? He was exceptionally smart. He, you know, spoke multiple languages. You know, he could play the piano. He had this sort of this boundless energy. Uh, you know, I aspired to live up to maybe 60% of it. You know, he slept five hours a night and yet was really in the moment. I think that was part of the secret of success. He just had this vibrancy, this zest for life. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? I mean, I hope, you know, Wesley, after this whole COVID-19 thing does pass through eventually, whether, you know, we, we get out of it and then it comes back and then it goes away or whatever. But exactly what you just said, I hope that people emerge with a zest for life after this, realizing how precious it really is. I hope a lot of people wake up to that. Me too, yeah. I mean, this has been such a bizarre year for many of us. You know, probably a lot of us have been asking questions of ourselves um, and I, I think that's it. You know, I, I'm hoping that we're all going to come out of this. You know, this this year, the beginning of it was marked by this, this tragedy of losing Kobe, and then have all this other stuff come along. But you know, I hope to 
I've taken everything I learned from them in that process and, as you said, apply it to my life when I get back, connecting with people, appreciating the moment, being mindful. These are all the things that he you know, was a proponent of. Did you, did you know Kobe? Yeah, very. I mean, we spoke, you know, just about every day for four oh, years. Oh, so you did. Spent a lot of time together. Oh, yeah. yeah I should have said, did you know him well? I down in L.A. Yeah. working out of his office. So, how about other players? Like, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the guy that always comes to mind, of course, would be Michael Jordan. Did you watch the series that he just did? I did. It was amazing. It was, uh, you know, it was this really um, this insight into, into Michael Jordan and then also sort of, you know, retroactively into Kobe, who, you know, aspired to do all these things that Michael didn't play the same way. But, yeah, it was so well done. It was, you know, and I had not ever met Michael until then I was attended the memorial and he gave that really, you know, beautiful speech. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's obviously just, you know, so much to the guy that came out to that documentary. Yeah, the reason I ask you that question is uh, in your descriptor it says filled with insights about the mental stamina and emotional clarity that peak performance requires. That's a great line, and that's why I brought up Michael Jordan because the Kobe Bryants and the Michael Jordans of the world, they have an amazing focus and emotional clarity, the stamina. They're, mentally, they are unbelievable. They are. You know, that that sort of drive. And I think not only that drive, but, you know, what really separates them, as you see for that, and for Kobe, was this, this self-belief. Um, you know, they really were their biggest ones. They believed they could do anything. But, but you know, Kobe, Kobe wasn't really that in a pretentious sense. He thought everybody could do everything if oh, they adapted okay. this sort of mindset. Yeah, he, he believed that, you know, he would say to me, like, you got to be the best writer ever. And this person, you got to, he believed you, you could be the best at whatever you were doing. And that was equal to anything that he was doing. So he, he wasn't looking down on anybody. He believed everyone should have that assurance. Yeah, I've seen him do that with other with other people. That's probably, I think, is was his best quality, that he pushed people to be their best. Really? Yeah, he's taken a lot I agree. Of, I, t- I, you know, I said... You know, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. No, no, I'm just completely agreeing with you. I, you know, they said, what do you miss most about him? And I said, I felt better after every single time I spoke with him. He was that kind of a person. And that was his legacy for me as somebody who, every time you talk to him, he made you feel better about yourself. So, you know, that's something to be learned as well. Yeah, we need more people like that right now in the world. <laughs> Wesley, if you don't mind me asking, ballpark, how old are you? Uh, I'm 33. I turned 33 in January. And you, that's what I thought. And you've already written 11 novels? Jesus. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I've never liked you, Wesley. I want to point that out. You've written 11 <laughs> novels by the time you're 33. That's unbelievable. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, some successful and some less so, mind you. So it's just been up and down. Yeah, but, I mean, you have some success with one book. That, that's got to be amazing. Got to be a wonderful feeling. It is, yeah. I mean, you're talking, uh, and, you know, I had come from the sports world a little bit myself and never, you know, achieved the heights that Kobe did. My focus was on writing and, uh, you know, he was great for saying, well, you're the writer, you do it, I'm here to support you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, really allow me to keep doing this. And then, again, yeah, you're, as you said, it's my 11th one. And, uh, you know, still going still going strong. Obviously, there's some, you know, we don't know if we can continue the Wizard Art Series. We're just trying to do the best thing to honor his legacy. But uh, I hope so, because it's not really done. The story, uh, it, it was meant to go on, so we'll see. It is very, very cool. So magic doesn't seem possible to the West Bottom Badgers. They're the lowest-ranked basketball team in their league, and they live in the poorest neighborhood in in Dren, 
Nobody expects him to succeed at anything, plus every kid on the team has secret struggles of his own. Sounds like where I grew up, Wesley. <laughs> it does. <laughs> That's right. It does. Well, you know what's funny is, uh, you know, Kobe did work with uh, a couple other authors on, on different non-basketball projects, but, you know, some of them got to go to, like, uh, rural Italy to do research in Greece. You know, I went to inner city Philadelphia and inner city uh, Camden there oh, uh, and met with the players and, and, and and interview these AAU players and got a real feel for the responsibilities that are put on their shoulders. And that, you know, contributed to the dialogue of the books. We wanted it to be really authentic. Yeah, Camden's pretty rough. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, Camden can be rough. There's no doubt about that. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I, I hate to hang on to one subject, but you do understand, Wesley, that your brain only fully formed five years ago. What the hell is that all about? <laughs> It's not fair. I like to think it hasn't formed at all yet. I hope not. <laughs> you think it hasn't You're formed. You're making us look bad, man. <laughs> You're making us look bad, Wesley. <laughs> I just want to point that out, pal. No, I think it's terrific. Seriously, I think this stuff is terrific. I love, uh, because just from the tone of your voice, I said, well, this guy can't be much more than about 35, maybe 40 years old. And you got 11, 11 novels cooking your way. You've known everybody. You've met everybody. I, what a great life, man. It's a great life. Oh, thanks. So, you know, Kobe got a real kick out of the fact, you know, the one author he picked was, was younger than him and bigger than him. I was actually taller than him, too. So he thought that was, you know, a strange twist of fate to have this author walk into his office who was bigger than him. It's very, very cool. <laughs> Wesley, I appreciate your time today. The Wizard series, two, oh, two book me. series created by Kobe Bryant. The game will never be the same. Wesley, you're a terrific interview, sir. Thank you. Thanks very much. Have a good day. Bye. Nice guy. Very nice guy. Very, very. Did it say where he's out of? Where he's from? No, it didn't. I was going to ask him that, but I looked up and we, yeah, we run out of time. So, all right, that's going to do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family. 